Ladies and gentlemen. It's majestic and resolute. Where you pursue your dreams with hard work, dedication, sacrifice, discipline, and passion. But above all, it's respect for what the ice can do for you. It was always my goal to make it to the NHL. Since I can remember, I wanted to be a hockey player. When you're hot, you're hot. Freddie of old with his fourth goal of the game. And the Kelowna Rockets having a whole lot of fun tonight. But the ice and all its majesty can hit you back when you least expect it. An injury, my first year pro at 21 years old, led me down a dark path to Oxycontin. Shortly after that, I found myself addicted to heroin and not playing hockey. Demons hide in every corner. They can take everything away from you. Everything you worked so hard to achieve. And before you know it, the demons own you. Ultimately, I became homeless on the streets in Vancouver on Hastings, which is widely known as the worst block in North America. Brady Leovold was on the edge of realizing his dream of playing in the NHL. Then he lost it all to drug addiction. I was hiding a dark secret. These are real stories about pain, loss, and genuine people. The sad truth of it all, success comes with a price. Wanted to die. Many times I was in the psych ward. Tried to commit suicide. Welcome to the Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery podcast with your host, Brady Leavold. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. This is episode number 62, coming at you live from Aurelia, Ontario. I never thought I'd be doing one podcast, let alone two, coming from Aurelia. If you follow me on social media, I don't really like this town. However, we're kind of stuck here. Our baby is in the NICU, uh, but she's doing very well. Um, it's been an unbelievable a uh, couple of weeks, uh, the trip down here was absolutely insane. Uh, and uh, we had Ashley and Vicky help us out, which was just incredible. Couldn't have done it without them. And there's been so many people uh, that have supported us along the way. Um, I can't go into detail about names. I've mentioned this many of times, guys. Uh, we're going to do it all at the end. Uh, I'm going to make a nice video uh, just commemorating this whole couple of weeks, however long we're going to be down here. Uh, because there's been so, so, so many people that have helped us. And it's uh, it's been nothing short of amazing. And uh, it's been extremely humbling, um, oftentimes embarrassing. Uh, but um, it's, it's wow, I feel very lucky. Um, and I know Taylor does too. Uh, we're very, very blessed to have all the amazing people in our lives. Um, and uh, I'm certainly grateful uh, that you guys are listening, uh, either listening or watching live uh, on YouTube uh, or Facebook, guys. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit stressed out. I'm not going to lie. Uh, things uh, are starting to get to me um, living out of the hotel and stuff. Uh, but, you know, we keep pressing forward uh, until our baby's uh, out of the NICU. And I just want to reiterate one more time that we just are so grateful to everybody that has stepped up right from our family members, uh, the ones that are here, Taylor's family helping back home with the other kids. And then right from uh, my family members way over on the West coast um, that have helped us tremendously. So thank you so much guys. Um, 
it's getting close to Halloween. You can see the decorations behind me. That's just the hotel wall. I have my stepdaughter, Lily, in the room with me. Actually, she decorated it for me. So thank you to Lily sitting here. Special shout out to her. Um, she's been hanging out with Taylor and I, which has been really, really nice. Um, lots going on, guys. Uh, but I'm going to get right into the episode because uh, this is a big one. I'm excited for this one. Uh, but before I do, uh, I'm just going to quickly remind you guys... Uh, that this episode, of course, is proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check it out. Teamissued.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Uh, I hope the internet's not being uh, super laggy for you guys. Uh, I don't have the direct connection. Uh, but guys, support Team Issued. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 uh, to get 15% off your total purchase. Um, you can check it out. I got a Team Issued golf shirt on. I don't like to wear my hat forward, uh, but the Team Issued hat. And uh, I'm waiting for my next package of Team Issued stuff in the mail because I only pack for three days. And uh, I've been wearing the same sweatshirt uh, for the last like 10 days. And really, I've been to the laundromat a couple times. But holy shit, man, um, I need to get some fresh, fresh swag. That's for sure. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's get right in uh, to episode 62. And uh, this one's uh, a big one. Uh, this guy, somebody I looked up to uh, a lot growing up. I mean, we're built the same. Uh, I tried to play the same as him. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of hard to uh, to reiterate uh, and emulate the way that this guy played, guys. So uh, without further ado, let's get right in to episode 62. Fans chanting, PJ, PJ. Zone. This is Rich Pilon squaring off with a rookie. E.J. Stock played his junior hockey in the Quebec League. And out on the point. Stock going at it with Tyler Willis. E.J. Stock gave a little tap on the top of the head. And now he's going to go with anybody who's near him. Hear the crowd. P.J. 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 Mom was watching, so I got kind of nervous, and I didn't want to get into one of those, but uh, it happened. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mom, if you're watching. I'm okay, though. Now, PJ is going to step in here. They talked about how this affects the rest of the guys on the bench. PJ's going to make sure he gets this going again. Look at the rights and the lefty drone here. Couple of rights, they're just slugging away. It's like rock'em, sock'em robots. Wow. Talk about Major League, and they're both been hit. Well, now PJ switches to the left hand. And down goes Kenny. Well, PJ Stock doesn't want his teammates to think they need to be down at all. PJ has the ability in this building to get all these people out of their seats, and he's livened up this joint. 
and you got to give him credit. He's sticking up for the buddy that's in the locker room already. That's Brent Thompson. That's what you call a buddy. Stock played 11 games with the Rangers a season ago. Spent most of the time in Hartford with the Rangers top affiliate. And by the way, they went on to win the American Hockey League championship, the Calder Cup. Stock had 36 points last season in Hartford to go along with his team leading 290 pins. Behind the play in the outer zone, this is Rich Pilon squaring off with a rookie, E.J. Stock. Played his junior hockey in the Quebec League, and Pilon got the first few in. Stock's jamming away, and Pilon trying to just gain control of him now and hold on to him. So the jersey coming over Pilon's shoulders, and now the linesman, Kevin Collins and Andy McKelvin, separate the combatants. With DJ Stock and Mike Eastwood. Eastwood and Stevens, the goal scorers. Eastwood shoots the fight to Stevens. Gets it in front. Score! DJ Stock with his first NHL goal. This is a BJ. In his first oh, trip baby. to California in his life. Wow. Oh, you got to love it. You can't help but like this kid. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of uh, enthusiasm and charisma. P.J. Stock is lined up against Reed Lowe, and they are looking at each other, sure and go. here they go. Got a little pop going here. Van der Bush and Stock. Stock in the goal, Stephen Pete in the right. P.J. Stock out there, bumps with Brad Norton. They look, they look, and here they go. P.J. Stock and Chris King. Yeah, here they go. And who's going to go? Is it going to be Stock? Is it going to be Bolton? Stock grabs Bolton, and they want to tee off on one another. Center ice, here at the Fleet Center in Boston. Two guys who can throw punches, and they're doing exactly the holes.
this puck has eyes. It finds its way right through the legs. It's like it may have been deflected and gone off the heel. P.J. Stick can see Ojik reaching in there. Passion deflect that. That changed the force of the direction of the puck. And right through Theodore's legs give the Bruins a one nothing lead. Well, I remember down in uh, Carolina when P.J. Stock gave up the opportunity for a goal and made a nice pass to Glenn Murray. His bump keeps ribbing him. When are you finally going to score a goal? Well, P.J., who hails from Montreal, Hit the perfect time to get his first of the year for the Bruins. And now we got the puck, and here we go. And it's P.J. Stock, the former Ranger, in the white McCarthy in the blue. P.J. Stock is looking up at this one because he is way short. Look at that. P.J. Stock with so much of until there's nothing left in the tank. And as you can see, he's pretty good at switching with both and throwing with both. He, I'll tell you what, P.J. Stock, pound for pound, is as good as there is in the NHL. And the Rangers fans know that because he was a New York Ranger last season. PJ was joking with the media members earlier saying, you tell this, keep his head up. But here he takes on Sandy McCartney. Uh, he's a good kid. You know, he's, he's a gamer. He's battled to play, and he's battled to play, and he's battled to play. I hope he does well. He's such a good one. PJ's 5'10", maybe 5'10", 190. Yeah, he really likes it too. I, I know he does. <laughs> You're a good kid too. Yeah. I miss the way the game was played. Um, I miss that part of the game. I miss what it was used for. Obviously, there's extremes, but I understand why it's diminished. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that did that type of role that are kind of struggling a little bit in, in life nowadays. So I, I miss it. I'm thankful that I was able to play a role somewhat of that style and still be, you know, happy to be part of some great teams with some great players, but somewhat healthy in today's world where I, I understand why it's, it's taken out of it, but I, I still really do miss it. It's so funny. It's almost like the movie Rudy. It's like, hey, look, there's Rudy out there. Go, go out there, Rudy. Go out there, Rudy. It was really good. It was uh, Boston was just uh, a town that I don't want to call it success, but I got a little bit of love from uh, the fans, which I still miss. It was one of those great times. They love this guy in Boston. I missed that part of the game. I still have that little bit of edge in life that, you know, once you have it, when you stop, it doesn't really go away. Uh, so it's uh, guys in our role are always kind of still searching for something. So. I've been beaten up by some big people. Nothing compares to doing a figure skating number in front of millions of people standing at center ice in your pajamas. Ugh, what a feeling. Hear the chant's name? They chanted PJ and... All right, buddy. <laughs> PJ Stock, man. Welcome. Welcome to thank hockey, you, my man. That was thank you. That is awesome. That is awesome. That was so good. Actually, I'm better on the video. I'm better on the video than actually doing this. But uh, thanks for that. That was pretty cool. That hey. summed up like all my career. You actually got my figure skating in there too. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, and you know what? I well, I don't know. I noticed that uh, you know you've you've done a lot of stuff on YouTube. I don't know if it's you that that actually post the videos or somebody under your name is posting 
tons of your fights. And so I wasn't sure if that was you or whatever, but I think it's important. And I've heard you talk about it too. The fact that, you know, and I'm, I've, I missed it too. I, and I mean, I, my career got cut short, but I, I missed it, but you really missed the YouTube era and, and, you know, and you're, I'm just so fortunate. There's a few of my fights, but luckily enough, there's so many of yours out there. I could have, I could have spent like a month making a video um, of, your scraps and not one uh not one of them uh was like failed to entertain and and i want to talk about that a little bit but i mean there's so much more uh to pj stock uh the person than just a fighter and i think everybody knows that pj and i think you've really shown that i think since retiring from hockey and i think that's where uh you know we'll get into but why don't you tell us a little bit uh about how you got started in hockey obviously you're from montreal um, it's, yep. it's in your blood, but I also know, uh, you're a, a Notre Dame fan and a, a Giants fan. Uh, but yeah. you obviously you did some work. Yeah, yeah, I did. Of course I did. I'm, not a, I'm a fan, right. And, and I'm a fan. So I watch, I watch your stock talk uh, on yeah, Instagram live and stuff. So, you know what I mean? I, it's not that I do work. I, I like, like I'm a fan. Um, so I'm, it's an honor to have you on, but tell us a little bit uh, about your love for hockey and where it came from. Well, first off, congrats on the baby. I know you're going through some craziness right now. And uh, Lily, if Lily's around, you have a headset on. Just say hi to Lily there. Give her a little hi, Lily. DJ stop. Uh, hi, Lily. Hi. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so uh, it's the kids are hilarious. Kids are awesome. Um, I have four of my own. So it's yeah, it's it's good times. That's yeah. why I'm hi I'm hiding in the basement right now, talking to my phone. Talking to you. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's pretty, you know, I listen to yours watching, well, know your story and watching the intro and it's just, you know, we're, we all in Canada, not all, but high, high numbers get into hockey at a young age. We're, it's a great country for putting our kids, a lot of kids get into not hockey, but sports in general. Like, I think it's, it's really popular in our country where we encourage movement, athletics, uh, obviously hockey is a, is a big one. Uh, well, we have our, a lot of our heroes growing up were, you know, Montreal Canadiens or, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs that wouldn't come talk about the East. Uh, and so hockey, our parents watched it, loved it, and they put us into it. So at where uh, I grew up, there was always in Montreal, there was always the outdoor rink. So it was always something my, my mom wanted to get us out of the house. It seems like we had winter 11 months a year growing up and snowbanks about that high. Uh, and it was just kind of like, just go outside, go outside. And we were just hockey was kind of just something that we did something that you know it was wasn't good at it but it's something that i loved to do growing up and i grew up playing in uh, dollar de Zormo, uh, which is a little suburb of montreal it's actually in the west island and there was just i was really lucky to grow up in the area that i grew up there was like a every square mile there was like a park with a, a hockey rink and a tennis court and a baseball diamond soccer field so there was always athletics in my life and hockey was just something that um, I wasn't the best at compared to the other sports. I just liked it more than the other ones. And it just continually repetition, the love for it, uh, wanting to be better, wanting to be better and working at it just kept leading to the next level, which was, I, I was the one that kept continuing where a lot of my friends that were all better than, they were all better than me growing up. Um, they just, you know, you made it to the pro level. How many players did you see on the way up that, might have been better than you, but you found a way to get recognized or to have a little bit more success in that game than somebody else did. And a lot of times it, it came from 
um, being lucky, some hard work, you know, a lot of some lucky bounces. Uh, but I, it was, I just kept, kept at it, kept at it. And as it led to some videos of me getting punched in the head. <laughs> and you punching some guys in the head. I mean, yeah. holy cow, man. Uh, so yeah. you, you played. Did you have a favorite one? A favorite one of we yours? We just watched a bunch of videos. Yeah. Is there any fights? Favorite you one of yours, huh? Uh, I mean, I, I'd hate to say the, the Stephen Pete one, but I'm going to talk about that in a little bit because I know him. Because I okay. know him a little bit, and he's yeah. having a really hard time yeah, right now. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, his brother actually coached me, uh, I think, the year that you guys fought. I was playing, like, Junior B at 15 or whatever, and his younger brother, Mike, was coaching me. And, and that was when, of course, when Steve was fighting a lot. But I'll get into that. But, of course, I mean, there, you had so many, uh, PJ. Uh, where did the, the fighting start? Because I look at your stats, you were, you got your start really in junior A, um, yeah. and, then, and then you went to the Quebec league at, at what, 18? 19. 19. 19. Yeah. Wow. So I wanted to, we talked earlier about the Notre Dame football. So growing up in Montreal, uh, you know, we didn't really have we had Canadians. Um, we had some expos. My dad just wasn't a real big baseball fan, but uh, we had our CFL at, my dad just loved Notre Dame football on Saturdays. That was our day. We'd practice in the morning. I had a brother a year and a half younger, sister a year and a half older, and a lot of sports, as I was saying. And whether we were outside or inside or whatever, my dad would always find a way to watch the Notre Dame hockey, uh, Notre Dame football game on Saturdays. A lot of times watch the Canadians uh, at night on Saturday night, and then Sundays was watching the Giants. That's what That was like my growing up that I remember all the time. Uh, so it just – I wanted to go to, you know, I wanted to get an American scholarship. There's a couple, you know, you must have had some guys that you grew up around, the older kids in the area that were, you know, he's playing hockey there and I want to be like him. You know, yeah. you, you, I just, so there's a couple of guys, that, you know, Brad Lazell, Ryan Hughes, there was Danny Gravel, there was a bunch of players from my area that were having success, Kent Hughes, um, that were, you know, getting scholarships to go to these American schools. And that's something that I want. The NHL was never even in my mind, ever, ever. Yeah. Like, but going to a school in the States was. Um, so it just, in Montreal, though these players are in Montreal, they had to leave to go to other leagues for a lot of the American universities to come see them because they thought most of the players in Quebec were francophone. So you'd go play in Ontario, or a lot of them would go to Saskatchewan. Uh, so I actually left. I really wanted to go at, uh, actually, quickly, funny story. Mm -hmm. I'm playing uh, I'm playing Ninja Double Life. And uh, my good friend is a name, a buddy named um, actually my Brad Purdy, uh, and his he was playing out in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and he just got a a scholarship to Maine, play for the Black Bears. Yeah. Uh, and his roommate eventually would be a guy named Paul Korea, who kind yeah. of had an an okay career. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So his uh, his dad is Sandy Purdy, and Sandy Purdy's actually coaching me. So Brad's a couple years older than me. So uh, Mr. Purdy, God rest his soul, just passed away. Um, Mr. Purdy is like his son's playing out west, just got the scholarship. And the coach of the team, I forget his name. I think it's uh, Armstrong. But he's uh, he wants to talk to Sandy, he's like, Mr. Purdy. Do you, have any, do you have any other players like your son that's willing to come out here? We can get them into schools. This is, you know, we're a great team, great organ, blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, he calls me up. PJ speaks to my parents. And, you know, he's pretty much coming out to see me play in uh, in Montreal. Well, he comes out to see me play, and this kind of sums up a little bit what I was like younger. He took five guys from my team and not me. 
<laughs> they actually recommended a sixth guy from my team who was a goalie uh, to go out and play in Flintlawn. Oh, so uh, they went to Weyburn and Flintlawn. I, I stayed at home and I thought I was going to go there. I was all set on it. But I ended up going to a place called Pembroke, Ontario. I went to play in the CGHL. And then um, just, you know, I, I I was too young and probably immature to, to probably go to school in the States. My parents thought at 18, my brother was going to play major junior uh, in, in wherever. They were thinking Hull or Laval because he was an Anglophone figure and those schools would take him. And his agent at the time, right, you have to be represented, which is hilarious, yeah. at, at 15, 16. And now it's crazy because now it's like 12. I you know. can put on skates to have agents down your throat. Crazy. It's crazy. So uh, my brother was going to be drafted. So the agent said, PJ, I think this team is willing to, they want to take you as well, Hall or Laval. They're going to pay for all your education. They're going to give you more on top of what the league normally gives you. A whole bunch of stuff under the table if you're willing to not go to the American route and go to the Canadian route. Um, and at the time, I, we did our research in the Canadian universities, which are all awesome and amazing. But at the time, I just had you know, Notre Dame football in my head. Uh, and it just, um, it just, uh, I left at 19 to play junior and then it just, that type of hockey took off. And I think that was the best decision that I ever, well, leaving the Pembroke was my best decision, but, uh, going to, going to play in Victoria, in Victoria, though, kind of just changed, uh, everything for me. There's my brother right there. There's Dino right there. So, uh, Dino, that's I, your brother and uh, there's you uh, uh, look at the head tilt. Right, you get some badass head. Yeah, check that out. Like, yeah, look at that. That's why I had the cap. With the cheddar, the too, eh? With the, you're the cheddar too. There, yeah, no yeah. big deal. No, you it's came in at 19, cap. and then you're already the captain at at 20. Or mm-hmm. oh, by the way, before before we get go any further, um, yeah. this isn't wine, but. This seems to be what you like to do uh, on your shows, but yeah. this is just juice because I don't drink anymore. But well, you always was, seem to have a wine glass and wine, or, or and you're on the water because you're probably what are you drinking water because you think you're on a recovery show. So so you I went with the water or what is? That? Yeah, I was being respectful to you, and I didn't want to. But now <laughs> screw that. If you're gonna do that, I've been hiding one down here. Cheers. There you go, buddy. And congrats, you know, that's actually awesome. There you go, right? And and before I say anything, too, and before we get any further, too, like, people know this, right? Like, so my recovery is completely different. Like, and I respect everybody's recovery uh, for what it is. And I've tried, like, listen, I tried everything for, like, 10 years from NA to AA to rehabs to everything. Killing myself. You name it, man. Jail. was in jail for three years. You name it, man. I did it. I tried it. And. And ultimately, uh, what I had to do is was find out what worked for me. Like I was always trying to be somebody else's version of myself, trying to be, live somebody else's recovery, try to be somebody else's, try to be somebody else. And and I think you know over time I just took little little things. And so it's not that I don't drink; I just choose not to often. Uh, but I do use cannabis uh, throughout the day. But that keeps me off of everything else uh, right now. So like you know what I mean. And that's just a choice that I make. So uh, I appreciate that that. You know what I mean? That you were being respectful, but by no means, like, I, I don't know if you know this, like I'm, I just came back for the first time playing hockey for the first time in eight years and playing senior men's out in, up in Maxville, Ontario. Um, and, you know, I had to go to hang out with the guys. They're all drinking. It doesn't bug me. Like at the end of the day, I have to make the decision uh, to sure. for myself. Like, you know what I mean? We can't, we can't just 
you know, there's liquor stores everywhere. There's drugs everywhere. You, you can't escape it. At the end of the day, we just have to make a choice and, and live with it. So I do appreciate it. But uh, I'd, I'd love to hear more uh, about your time uh, in the Quebec major junior. Uh, and especially, I want to know, how the hell did you go from, you know, Canadian university to playing in the show like that? <laughs> like that didn't no, it wasn't like that. Uh, so, so he, funny, one funny story about juniors. Uh, I, so I was, well, my stats don't really show it, but I was more of an offensive defenseman uh, in hockey. So, yeah. you know, take a lot of liberties, uh, you know, try and get in the rush all the time. I didn't really, like again. I didn't really have the skill set, but my mind had. In my mind, I, I was awesome. I can do. I can do anything. Problem is, my body. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't cross over. Couldn't shoot. Um. So, but one thing I, I did love to do ever since I was younger. I love the physicality of sports. He actually showed it earlier. We talked about it off, off the hop. Um. I love the physicality of sports. I love you know the Rocky movies. I love you know the Rudy movie. I, I love all those things about. There it is. Who wants it more? That's you right. know, that, that's, that's kind of what it, yeah, you know, you know, my dad would tell me when I'm younger, cause I was the smallest kid growing up, uh, you know, growing up, they had all the short kids, uh, and when you're in class, you'd line up shortest to tallest and the two short, when we do fire drills all the time, the two tall, and you were always beside the same person to make sure your person's there. And the two tallest kids would shut the windows and the two shortest kids, one would shut the light and the other one would open the door. That was our. So for all of my elementary school, I opened the door or shut the light. Like I was a short kid pretty much yeah. most of my youth. So, you know, my dad's always giving you the, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall and all those stories. So I, and I, I just love those sports movies that had that mentality of, you know, it doesn't matter the size, you know, you know, just knock the shit out of them, however you can, like do what you have to do to get whatever's there. And that kind of, in junior, I, I, I kind of, you know, I played that way a little bit growing up, but there wasn't a lot of contact uh, until Bantam. And then so a little bit of contact, in, you know, in minor hockey, uh, different times, obviously, compared to today. And then major junior just became like, there's tons of contact. It was just, a, it was like the NHL game at, at a lower level. And I would run at guys from across the rink and, and hit them and, you know, within the, the rules of the game. But back then and there was, if you hit my best player, well, I'm someone sending someone out to kick your ass. And that's yeah. what it was back then. So um, I'd hit somebody and someone would come to beat me up. And then I had this great human being named Matthew Rabby that would protect me all the time. He was my defense partner. I'm 5'10", as you heard him say before. Uh, you know, at pro, I was 187. In junior, I was like a buck 60. And I had these big guys in the, in, in the Quebec Major Junior League that would kick my my arse after I hit somebody. So Matthew Rabby would come and save me, uh, which Matthew, I love you if you ever see this. So what happens is after Matthew would be in the box for five minutes, they'd send the next guy after to beat me up. So I got beat up once, got twice, three times, learn a little, learn a little. And then it just kind of, um, I kind of got a little bit better at it and a little bit more confident. At confidence at it and then it just kind of got me to that next level of uh confidence in junior where your game just gets better all around you because you you have that swagger you know like you just fought a pretty tough guy in the league and again it's different times but you just kind of have a little bit more moxie to your step you're kind of you know you're you're walking down the street like hey, hey i'm the man so uh yeah 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 so and then you know and then um 
And then, you know, my last year of junior, when I'm captain, we have uh, this young kid on our team named Daniel Corso. He's a young little superstar uh, drafted second over second round by the St. Louis Blues. And everyone's just picking on him because he's small and he's light and he can. So the coach decides, PJ's never playing defense anyways. Let's just put him forward with, uh, with Danny Corso. So I ended up playing with Danny Corso a little bit for, the, for most of the year. Uh, and then they realized again that I I lacked offensive capabilities in the game of hockey. So and they asked me if I wanted to stay forward. So I actually stayed forward for the last couple months of my junior career. Yeah. And uh, I, you know I had um, a couple of universities offer me. I was actually University of British Columbia at West. Yeah. A couple of schools in Ontario and a couple out east. And uh, Saint I Saint Francis Xavier had that that amazing feel. Um, all the reasons why I liked the American universities and only yeah. I was like this, I didn't really yeah. open my eyes. We have all those amazing schools in our own country. And I kind of, you're young, you don't know, you're, you get focused. And that yeah. then became my goal after junior was, I wanted to go to the best school that I can find in Canada. And I'm biased because it's St. Francis Xavier. Um, but all the schools in Canada are awesome. And it yeah. just junior, uh, St. FX. And I get a call, uh, do you want to come try it with the Rangers? And you're like, who, like, how does that call come in? Like who calls you? Um, did, did you actually get the call directly? Did you get a message? Like where the hell was your head at? Like that must've well, been crazy. Well, what happened was, I, you, let, right? let, let me rewind. I, I, I am leaving one part out after my junior, my 20th year, before I went to university, I did have a tryout with the Rangers. Okay. So before I went to St. FX, they actually, called me up to go to the camp. So I went to my camp as an unrestricted free agent. I go yeah. in and uh, I get cut. Like, of course I get cut because I'm yeah. on PJ, right? So they they cut me, they sent me to the minors and uh, I'm like, okay, well, I have going to school now. You know, school started, I have to leave here and go to university. And yeah. back then there's no cell phones, right? And you had to go call it a pay phone for quarter and, and I'm <laughs> like, they're like, we want you to sign this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to sign this. I want to go to school now. And they're like, no, 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 we want you to sign this now. And I had like a mini panic attack because I was stuck there. Yeah. Uh, and I was being kind of, not hustled, but they want you to sign the, the dotted line. You're part of our organization. But yeah. I just wanted to go to school. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually, I left and went to uh, St. FX where I played. Wow. With, uh, yeah. Saint you FX walked out. away from that. You actually yeah. went to school and, and it still worked out for you. That's really surprising because yeah. usually teams would, would not bring you back after something like yeah. that. They must have really liked you. Well, they, I don't know why, but they did. They brought me back. And uh, so it just, it, and it was just, you know, I, from St. Effects, like you just said, it was crazy to uh, the plane in New York a couple months later. Actually, here's my. I got a couple of my first point. I don't know. My, my first game actually is at my parents' house. I actually yeah. have the pay stub. Yeah. But, oh, cool. uh, that's cool. Here's my, that's my first point. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. December 17th. There you go. That's, so, uh, yeah, first point with the Rangers. I would have had more, but they played me with bad players. You know? Yeah, right. Like that guy. Like that guy. He was okay. Yeah, no, yeah. Gretzky? Who's that? Yeah. He was okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Gretz, get me the puck. You know, I'm open. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, kid, get on the bench. So, yeah. No, you're like, anyways. you sit on the bench. I'm going to go behind the net and I'll be in your office. I'll yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, and then it's been, you know, uh, it's been just, it, it was an amazing ride. It was an amazing ride.
What about uh, what about injuries? Uh, something I ask about, and I know that. Listen, I know that you're pretty heavily involved uh, with with the alumni and the PA, and that's never my. I hope anybody, everyone realizes that my mo is never to attack because one, I don't know enough about the NHL. But as far as even the the major junior leagues, like I don't, I'm not on any sort of uh, witch hunt against anybody in particular. I just like to see change. Um, and, and certain things and, and only positive change if it needs to be done. So again, like I just, what about injuries um, as far as, you know, concussions go? I know, listen, yeah. I know things have changed a lot, PJ, um, and the mentality has changed a lot. So maybe we're not even recognizing those things back then. So we can't really compare things. Um, but you, what's your fight on your stance really on fighting in the game? And I know, listen, in the intro, you touched on it. We all loved it. Um, we all uh, respected it for what it was. It had a huge part in the game. Uh, but are you kind of on the on the you know the team where listen, we have all this research. This is what's in front of us, um, and these are maybe some things that do need to change. Uh, or are you uh, going, hey, this is the way hockey is, and, and this is the way I played. Let's go because I understand both sides of it, and I get both sides of it. So I'd love to hear your take on it. So let's just go back to when I played and when you played. It was there was there was nothing like, and, and I don't blame really anyone because no. we like, I look at, have you seen the movie concussion? Yes, of course. If, yeah. if you haven't seen the movie concussion, somebody, whoever's watching go, you have to see it. And it's, it's, a, I just think it's important because I'm stuck because I like sports the way I like sports. As I said That's earlier, right. I like there's, there's the, the puck in the middle go do whatever you have to do to get it. And, and that's how I kind of was able to make it to the next level. That's right. um, and that is my mentality. And, and that's kind of, I grew up that way. I played that way and I still have that mentality. Now I understand along the way things have changed and we know why things have changed, but it, it takes time for some of us thick headed called dinosaur mentality got players to really finally change. I have kids now um, and I understand the science behind everything. When I talk about what the game misses, I think it misses, you know, I, when I say these things from entertainment value uh, at times uh, to, you know, letting referees influence a game um, where it should never have got to that point. And just because of things get carried away and, and, and things happen because of, they're violent sports, you know, hockey and yeah. hockey. Actually, baseball, throwing a 90 or 100 mile an hour fastball on a guy's head is probably worse than anything, you know. Yeah. But I, I understand where everything's going. I don't think there's really any excuses anymore. When I grew up, they had no, I don't think they really had any idea. I really think the guys that were the, the trainers, they had an idea, but to what level? Unfortunately, yeah. until they go into our brains, and, and open them up and and it's not as if it's a knee they can go check and see what's going on or your yeah. shoulder they our heads they can so they don't really know it was advil and ice that's and i wouldn't take anything really more than that ever um knock on wood uh but what sorry to cut you off what about uh, and obviously without naming names how prevalent were was painkillers and and drinking any sort of abusive where guys were looking for sort of any relief uh, at any sort of level uh, of pro, and did you see it get worse as you got 
uh, at different levels, whether it be in the NHL or say the American League? Did you did you see guys uh, maybe going further to to you know get that contract or to get that ice time or whatever, do whatever it takes? Um, and, and how much of a problem do you think it is today, PJ? Okay, I'm gonna go the drug. I, I think gambling was an issue when I played. Um, and I think that I think alcohol, I, I don't know if it was an issue, it was just a way of life. Uh, so it's different than it wasn't crazy, but it was just you played hockey and chug beer, so it's kind of what we did. It, it's kind of that's you know, it and we liked it and we what we weren't crazy, but that's kind of what we did. The NHL is a different class of of people than the minors, and I don't yeah. don't mean class, but I mean. Just, oh, but I understand. Yeah, 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 I yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean it. It's just it's money is different. The, the amount money of money is so is the public eye. Like you can't, yeah. do, you can't, can't do anything in the NHL because you got to be like everything is. My biggest issue is when I went from St. Effects was I when I was chugging beers and and being a moron, eating pizza, and I'm hanging on cars and stupid stuff. To the like, which is every college kid is doing. Yeah. Um, the next year, I'm playing for the New York Rangers, and everything I say is, you know, you're a role model to everyone. At the same time, any word I say can be taken any particular way in the media, and it's, it's a hard time. To, it's a hard thing to adapt to. Not everyone has that skill set to be able to adapt and think and speak a certain way and act a certain way. Um, so it was tough, and I made a lot of mistakes early on in my career because of just that. I. This is why I don't get mad at kids that are 18, 19, 20 in the NHL. They're kids. That's They're right. They're kids. Um, so, you know, I think back, there's a, probably three guys per team on steroids. I'd yeah. say would have been the number. Um, there was not, a lot of times guys in, in on the fourth line, I'd say, maybe one or two in, on the top nine, uh, I would say would be it. I think um, – I'd say gambling was one that was – we used to have those tickers in the rink, right? They'd show the scores of all the other games. We used to have the NFL score, the, the baseball scores, the basketball scores. While you're playing, you're sitting on the bench, and the scoreboard would be going around. And, and you'd have guys on the bench just having heart attacks because you know, they're talking about the score in the Denver game that they bet money on. Like, yeah. it was crazy. That, that was – so besides that, I was really lucky. I surrounded myself. I was on great teams with great organizations. And I lived my life a certain way where I kept myself somewhat in a certain line um, and, and knew when there's a time to not be crazy in there. You also need those times to be a little bit crazy. Absolutely. And I agree with that 100%. And I think, you know, I, I look back at, at the way you've uh, you managed your, your you know, post-NHL career, PJ. And, like, you know, I think, you know, you really kind of set the bar early, too, because you were one of the first – faces like young faces players um that i remember um really that that was around uh and and doing broadcasting and that sort of stuff and obviously uh battle of the blades like you were there like from your the original crew pretty much um and and then back again so uh you able to find you know different avenues to kind of you know you know spend your energy and your time and and also at the same time kind of still have that that you know image because i think as hockey players especially as a guy that makes it to the nhl it's very hard to go from something where especially a guy like you pj 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 how the hell do you recreate that when that's over like it's hard right so i think that's where a lot of guys uh, may struggle but i look at a guy like you 
And I bet you there's a lot of guys that were looking and being like, man, that's something like I got to try to do what that guy's doing a little bit. Like, I wonder if maybe Biz Nasty was like watching you when he was younger or something like obviously different personalities, but giving him that kind of drive to be like, hey, you know what? I can be a personality in the game and find myself uh, after in the, in the game of hockey. Um, how, how hard of a transition was it? Uh, for you, because I know you kind of jumped into that right away, and I, I know there was obviously challenges and stuff, and and ups and downs, just like anything. Uh, but overall, PJ, uh, how was the transition in the beginning of retirement, and how has it been for you, man? It's been uh, thanks, and thanks for all those nice things. It's been, um, and I think this nasty wasn't learning from me. If anything, we're learning from him. He's well, taking now, his stuff to a whole we new are. level. Now yeah. we're learning from yeah, him. But yeah, I, yeah. I, you know what I mean. He was just a kid. Yeah, you know, giving him that because he it looks to me like he was looking he was trying to make a name for himself before he was out being like hey you know i gotta do something after and, and he's killing it obviously and i'm not gonna say anything else because there yeah. are certain things that i don't like what certain people do with promoting certain things just with right. image and that but at the same time they're doing a wonderful thing and, and he's killing it but i want to i want to hear what you have to say on that so um you know there's I was very, I was very lucky. So there, you know, I was very lucky. Uh, I got my career ended uh, early. I was 28 years old and a stick injury and I was to the eye and uh, I was done. And I just was, again, I think the biggest issue with pro sports and you, you and kind I, of I, I respect, yeah. when, when you got hurt, uh, where were you at with the contract? If you don't mind me asking, was that in your last year? Or did you get I had one more year? I had okay. one more year that okay. they, again, that. so for people listening is no matter what they had to pay me that last okay. year. So I was really right. lucky. So yeah. uh, it was the best year I ever had. So they had to pay me that. So well, same, I got the same amount of points, not playing anyways. So if you read my stat sheet, but, I think that's another really big issue um, with with professional sports. You once that sport is taken from you, or you're done, or you know you're just not needed anymore. You've been doing that since we talked earlier. Since you're five years old, six years old, parents taking you to the rink, then you're playing pee wee, then you're playing bantam, then you're doing this, and then you're playing pro, and that's all you do. And now it's done. And now what do you do? You know, some people are really lucky and they have a lot of money. And they financially don't have to work. Mentally, you have to find a way to do something, but financially they don't have to, which eases a little bit of the burden. There's a lot of us that your career ends and you're like, you know, all my buddies have, you know, university degrees and they've been working five, six, seven years, eight years, you know, already have experience. And now I'm catching up without a finished degree. Um, and what am I going to do? All I really know has been, all I've been able to do lately is just play hockey. So it plays with your mind. I was one of the very lucky few. Uh, the NHLPA has been real great lately at coming up with programs for the players to get involved in. They've been great at, you know, there's so many things they can, classes that they're putting out. It's been great lately. Um, that's great. I, again, interrupt you. See, these are things I don't know. And again, because I wasn't involved in it, but that's the stuff I like to hear. And I, I believe, I mean, they're a first class organization uh, and I believe there's programs, but at the same time, I wonder, PJ, how much do these players really want to reach out? Because if they reach out, do you th do you feel like they're maybe being judged if they have to go into these programs? Do you do you think these players are utilizing them before you go on? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I know there's ample opportunities for a lot of. Again, I can't speak for 
what everyone's mental state is and how they look at something. You know, I, I, there's people look at a glass half empty. People look at a glass half full. I, I look at it. It's a damn glass of water, man. Be excited. You have a glass of water is my mentality. So, you know what, when they're putting stuff out, um, I, I, I don't know. I know there's stuff out there. You get the newsletters. Or there was Wendy McCreary just put one out recently about the NHL uh, alumni, uh, not only things that you can do, but you can buy stuff on sale or whatever. They're trying to help the community out because they know uh, Glenn Healy's been involved, doing a great job with the alumni and, and helping um, getting it to that next level. Uh, so they've been great. I've been pretty lucky. I lost your, 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 I lost you. So I don't know if I'm going solo right now, but I'll just keep rapping if anyone's listening. Uh, so you know what? I, I was lucky. I was actually, uh, in Montreal, just finished playing and I was in a bar and a guy named Mitch Milne came over who, who was pretty much does the show on team 990. Uh, and he's like, Hey, we'd love to have you come on and do the pregame show with us. And I'm like, well, I'll do it if you pay for my drinks. He's like, sure, I'll pay for your drinks. Little did I know, I only found this out later. Of course, Melnick had a deal with that was called uh, McKibbins. It was downtown in Montreal. So Mitch didn't pay for the drinks anyways. But I ended up starting to do radio uh, for Team 990 as a guest on Mitch's show. We're back. We're back. I don't know what happened. You're the man. You kept it going this whole time. Yeah, yeah, I got it. So and anyways, uh, (laughs) where I was that... uh, Anyways, I ended up getting into, you, you missed it, Cole's Notes version. Uh, I started doing uh, some radio as an ask. Uh, you know, would, would you would you do some radio for us? And I'm like, yeah, if you pay for my drink. He paid for it. So I went on a couple of times as a guest. And he ended up uh, convincing me to, to work full time there. So I'm like, sure, I'll do it. The job that I took, I thought I'd be his co-host. They ended up giving me my own show. And uh, <laughs> I... Man, you want to talk about burning? Like, just I can't. If you think about it, I've never listened to talk radio. Talk radio was, you know, Howard Stern back then. There wasn't a lot of talk radio, <laughs> so I jumped into talk radio. And me and my brother had planned it all out. We went over all the openings, the ends, the songs, what we're going to talk about. It was a three-hour show. Eight minutes into the first show, I was done. I don't have to talk about. It. And I just, mm, uh, yeah. Mm, uh, for another two hours and 52 minutes, <laughs> I had no more jokes, but it, I, you know, the, the station was great. They kept me around and it led to, uh, somebody else seeing me and TV and some yeah. French TV. And so I've been very lucky. I've been very, one of the very lucky ones. So thanks. Yeah. And I think, you know what I mean? That's, it's cool. It's cool to hear that, that story because I think people just kind of see you on all of a sudden they see you on hockey night Canada there, and then they see you on battle of the blades and it's sort of. You know, it's, oh, there's some struggling. There's some struggling in there. And and, yeah. and a really cool thing about, you know, screwing up on national television or saying the wrong name or, or, or just what, you know, when you're, it's just starting out and you're so, so nervous. Uh, people, people love to tell you, like, it's just one of those things that people love to like, I, I wish I could walk around people's jobs and just kind of like, yeah, people tell me they don't like what I'm wearing. People tell you they, they don't like my hair. They don't like my tie. People don't, don't like what I said. I wish I could walk into like a a store and just start ripping into someone for like, I, I don't like the way you're standing. I can't believe you're buying that. That's the stupidest purchase ever. You're a moron. That's that what I like a day in my life. And yeah. not only for my wife and kids, 
but sometimes it's from other people saying that to me. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, you, you learn to, uh, you learn to get thick skin quickly. That's yeah. And that's funny, man. I, people, and it's, it's pretty cruel and people can be cruel. And I think, you know, you would have learned that playing in New York and Montreal, whether you saw it, but some of these markets can be, can be awfully cruel, but man, how about working? And, and that's something I never thought about. Like people are critiquing you all. Oh, so are, all the time. when you first the time. start that, when you first start that, were you like right into like being like, Hey, what are people saying about me? Um, uh, or do you look at all anymore? Like, you know what I mean? Or are you just sort of just being like, Hey, you know what? I know who I am and, and this is it and whatever. Twitter was really bad when it first started. Like they call them trolls now or whatever you want to call them, the Twitter trolls or whatever you call them. But part of the terminology, but people can just be assholes. Like Don't they're just, you can say whatever you want on this show. Yeah, people like there's to a certain extent, I don't want to use one of my mom's lines. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. But at the same time, uh, oh my God, some of the stuff that people say to, 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 to women in sports, to, yeah. You know, to my co-host that I was worked like with, you know, with Elliot Friedman or Kelly Rudy or, you know, just people just say, and they, they hide behind this little avatar of like, say it's a picture of a turtle. And yet they're writing these hate mails and hate tweets. And it's just, when it first came out, I think it hurt you more because you couldn't believe people had that many bad thoughts about you in their, in their head. One of my favorite ones was, we used to laugh about them all the time. Once your skin got thicker. Because at first it hurt. Um, if a piece of sh- if a piece of shit took a shit, and that shit took a shit, and the shit that was there took a shit, well, that shit would be PJ Stock, all <laughs> in 144 characters. So oh my god! It was like, oh, this this is this is awesome. This is I'm so excited. I'm doing this today. And I'm so excited. I'm looking and reading this as I'm about to go to air and try and say. A bunch of Russian and Slovakian names as the play is going on, and uh, so yeah. Was, uh, how, hard, how hard was that, eh? Like so that, hard. that that's crazy, man. Like these guys, these people have no idea, man. The broadcasting is is so hard. What was the what's your favorite part about uh, doing anything on TV um, that you really enjoy the most? I I do like you know I. I I do like the credibility it comes with. I'm not going to lie. I do like, you know, there's, I, we're just joking about some of the, the, the nays that go with it. You know, the not so great parts. It's awesome. You know, I love it. Uh, we all love that little pat on the back, that recognition that people be like, Hey, I like what you said. You know, there's, there's a ton of that too. It's just, I, I'm just, I was going down the other side, but yeah. And I love that stuff. I love the recognition. Um, you know, I love learning too. I love working with other people and uh, seeing how they look at something differently. Like I said, in my head, I could, I see it. I could do it. My stupid body doesn't cross over to the left side. I can't shoot properly. I'm not a fast skater. Up here, it, I see it. I, I see it. It's just not translating too well in success on the ice. So uh, I do like it. It's been really fun. I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm still working for RDS uh, in Montreal. So and doing a bunch of radio stuff. So I'm, I am very lucky. Yeah. And do you enjoy doing this stuff in French? Because I know you're, you're bilingual and obviously. Um, franglais. Like it's oh, like yeah. half English, half French. The oh, French population okay. is awesome with me. Yeah. Like, okay. So do you get, do you get hate texts from me from doing this? Do you get Twitter people that send you notes? 
Oh my God, man. For the most part, for whatever reason, I think because my story, um, and, and to be honest with you, PJ, if you, if you go back and you listen to, to my, any of my podcasts, I don't really give people much of an opportunity to say anything bad about me. Cause I'll say it all myself. Um, and I'm so open without, so I think, you know, but don't, don't get me wrong. There have been, uh, a few people and actually the, the one that hurt the most was my aunt, my own aunt. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I had to block her on Facebook because she's convinced that I stole some ring from her when I was all messed up. And I didn't even do it. I would just tell her now I've done way worse shit than that. Like, and, and so get this, this is like two months ago on Facebook. Everyone's like, Brady, good job. Brady, good job. We're so proud of you. Da, 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 da. All of a sudden it's my aunt's like, you stole my ring, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, my aunt's trolling me right now. Block, sorry. Like, you know, I'll get over it. But like, you know, I just laughed it off. I laughed it off with my girlfriend because I know I didn't do it. And if I did, I mean, I've admitted to everything I've done. It's so much worse than that. But yeah, to, to your uh, point, man, um, I, I get it. And yeah, there's been there's been a few and I get some, unfortunately, I get some weird, um, weird people um, that, you know, I just try to be polite with. Sure. Um, or ignore, but yeah, it's, it could be a lot. And, and man, I, my, my following is so small compared to yours. So I don't know what, what it must be like. Um, did it uh, take off for you a lot when you went on battle of the blades? Uh, we'll wrap it up shortly, but I want to talk a little bit oh. about battle of the blades. And before we get into it, I want to give a very special shout out um, to uh, the Buckman family in North Bay. So PJ, this family uh, just recently, about a month and a half, two months ago, I went on the ice for the first time. I went up with my buddy who played pro in the dub with me. Not, we didn't play together, but we played against each other. He's a goalie. Anyways, he's, he's actually from out West, but he lives in Aurelia now where I am, weird enough, but took me up to North Bay uh, for his goalie school and yada, yada, yada. While I was there, this family took me in like a billet family, pretty much took me in without knowing me. Uh, and they knew my story and everything. Basically all they could read is that I'd been to jail and all this stuff. And like, they took me in with no questions. And uh, since then we've been unbelievable. And their favorite show, their favorite show is battle of the blades. <laughs> um, actually, Mandy is a figure skater. She was a like, skated competitively one of their sons alex skated competitively he just stopped and then the other side the dad's a hockey player and the other son's a hockey player and they watch it together and so i wanted to give them a very special shout out um and uh they just they love you and they love the show uh but i want to hear more about that because that must have been harder um than anything man because i couldn't imagine having to skate and figure skates in front of everybody man like that must have been so nerve-wracking or were you good with it uh, it's buckman's the buckman's right buckman's, buckman's. yeah yeah, hi Buckman's and thank you. Um, well, it's pretty funny. At three a.m. after a night of drinks at a wedding, I, I think, think I can I... dance. <laughs> Eight p.m. on a Thursday night in sequins wearing figure skates. Not a chance. <laughs> you get so nervous, like these guys. Yeah. They are amazing because I can't tell you show. They got a show. Uh, show number two is coming up tomorrow, and it's every Thursday night. But it's the preparation that goes into it, and it's it's it's. You don't think it's much, but it's just dancing to the beat and 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 on figure skates and lifting people. It's, it's the worst case scenario is you you you, you fall like. Really, I mean, but you, you, you want to be so good. You want it to be perfection, and you get so nervous. The, 
the anxiety that takes over your body. It's, I, I can't, I don't know what to explain or what to compare it to way more than anything involved with sports. Like, like, sorry, not saying it's not a sport, but, but before a hockey game, I was never this nervous. And all the guys were like that. Last year, uh, we had uh, Brian McGratton and Colton Orr, two of the toughest guys to play in the NHL in the last 20 years. And the two of them were like sitting in the corner, sucking their thumbs, like, I don't want to go out there again. I don't want to go out there again. It's so, yeah. it, it's, it, it is. Uh, but again, they're, what I like about the show and why I've been heavily involved in um, is it's players that are, you know, putting themselves at kind of at risk, I guess, to be mocked, I guess, if you want to kind of say it. If you're taking yourself so out of your normal routine to do something so kind of not what your routine was, you know, like yeah. figure skating hockey and to do it for somebody else. Like they do it for charities, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of them are doing it for our other charities. So they're putting themselves in this uncomfortable position to raise money for other people. And yeah. I think that's what the show is all about. Uh, the figure skaters and the coaching staffs around them are the best in the world. And the hockey players that jump in, they jump right in and, and it's, you want at first you're like, oh, I'll do it to do it. And then once you get it, it's like, I, I want, I want to, I want to kick ass. I want to do well. I want to win. And then yeah. you real then you realize, well, PJ, you couldn't skate, you couldn't cross over to the left with hockey skates on. I don't think you're gonna we'll stick the jazz hands for you. So that was pretty much the extent of my routines. That's but it's a, an awesome show. Awesome. Yeah. Show. Yeah. And I it's I'm glad that they're they're continuing on and I think they're doing a great job. I, I yeah. love I love what they're doing. And uh, obviously it's great to support a Canadian show. And uh, I agree with you, man. I, I'm, I, I don't know a lot of these guys, but like, man, I'm, I'm proud of them for, for stepping up and, and doing that. And, and yeah, it's for charity, but they're also putting themselves on the line and getting out of their comfort zone. I think it's good. It's good for everyone all around. Right. And, and uh, I think honestly, honestly, if I could go back again, PJ and do it all over again, I would go back and, and do figure skating. Uh, for my skating as a hockey player, if I was going to play hockey again, it just, you know, there's, there's something to be said about, uh, you know, the, the way that they can their edges, eh? They're, they're amazing. They're so good. I mean, if you give your, your hockey player's son or daughter an opportunity to learn from a figure skater, we, again, different times, I'm going back 40 years. <laughs> we thought a certain way we, you know, we stereotype, we, we, we do, it's just so different now than it was back then. And that's why I love this show as well. Um, the hockey players and the figure skaters did not get, not they got, didn't get along, but you know, the figure skaters are making holes in the ice and the hockey players take too long to make a mess of the locker room. And, and it was just kind of, and it's, it's beautiful now. That's why the show was so great. Uh, there's, it's, it's so cool when you finish that number and you're standing there and you're like, the hockey fans are excited, but the figure skating fans are excited and everyone's just kind of, it's, it's just awesome. And if you have a, a son or a daughter that wants to be successful in hockey and want to learn how to be a great skater, figure skaters are so much better with their edge work than we are so much better. It's, it's amazing to watch. It's actually Bob uh, Underhill is, I believe she's still with the Leafs. Um, almost every team pretty, pretty much now has, uh, a figure skating coach or a former figure skater helping them as a power skating coach. Yeah. And, and that's, I actually had uh, Barbara Williams on the show. She's from Long Island, New York. She was the first uh, female skating coach in the NHL back with the Islanders back in the eighties. She was on the program back uh, like episode 20 or whatever, but awesome. uh, you know what I mean? So there's been women involved behind the scenes long before 
Um, and like I said, there's something to be said about that. And I'm glad you brought it up about uh, the, the sort of don't getting along because I'll share a story. And I hope Alex doesn't mind me sharing this story, the Buckman's, because he told me about it actually because he wanted to try out for the hockey team uh, at his school there in North Bay because uh, he quit figure skating and now he's playing just house hockey or whatever and he wanted to play. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was the gym teacher there and the kids just took his name off the list. It was like, you know, figure skaters can't play. So if I ever come up to North Bay again and find out who that was, uh, you better, you better know, uh, that cause that's, that's garbage. I think everybody should be inclusive and, and that, uh, that, you know, I didn't like hearing that, but at the same time, hopefully that the show can continue to just break down the walls and everything else. Yeah, and and before I let you go too, I just want to quickly talk a little bit. I don't know if you've seen little at all, what, a few of us are doing uh, with the Puck Support Foundation. I mean, there's a lot to be done. It's it's very new, PJ, but um, you know, there's a there's a few of us um, involved. And really, this was something that I came up with based on uh, a story that I heard about uh, Matthew Lazinski, who was a former OHL hockey player, same age as me, born in the same year. I didn't know him, but he died of an overdose in 2017. Uh, and uh, his friend actually reached out to me after hearing my podcast and shared this. Now we become best friends and actually we're opening up a skate shop up in Morrisburg, uh, November 1st, which is cool. But yeah. We become best friends. And then actually shortly after he told me about Matthew Lazinski, I found out that my line mate from the American hockey league and my roommate from the HL, my short time there, former WHL line, uh, graduate Mitch Fadden also passed away of an overdose about two weeks apart. Uh, and since then, I went on a tear uh, uncovering pretty much um, every single man and woman, boy and girl that have either, you know, committed suicide or died from overdose or that in the hockey community. And it is absolutely appalling. Um, we know these things happen. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I always wreck like we talked about, you know, as a kid, you know, right from this big a hockey player that's what I was so when it was taken it was like what the hell am I going to do so the idea with this is that you know it's the team when the team is no longer there you know you guys like Darren McCarty's involved and Riley Cote and Josh Gratton and sure big, big news here actually Doug Gilmore's brother Dave uh is turning 70 on November 14th uh and he's listen this guy has changed his life killer's brother he was he was like I think he was like two over 250 pounds uh, not too long ago, a few years back and, and battling with depression and all sorts of things, BJ. And, and uh, he yep. decided to get healthy, change his life. And, and uh, now he's doing unbelievable. So on November 14th up in Kingston, this guy, uh, Dave Gilmore, he is riding uh, uh, 50K and running 20K, 70 kilometers to raise money for the Puck Sport Foundation. So that's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, there's so many other guys, uh, like Dodie Wood and Dodie Wood sure. Dodie, uh, Dodie <laughs> and, uh, a bunch of other guys that, that you would know. Send me the link for sure. Send me the link for sure. I'm in for all that stuff. But, uh, I also you... want a quick, uh, quick, um, we mentioned his name earlier and yes, and you're is, yeah. um, you know, one of my favorite, not favorite moments, um, most glorified moments, um, from when I played and. We talked about the YouTube and everything was my fight with Stephen Pete. And uh, it's, I thought, because I'm one of the lucky ones, uh, I guess one of the lucky ones, but I've been uh, career, post-career, and um, healthy today. And I know there's a lot of other people that aren't in the same position. And, you know, that's why I'm, we, that's why I love battle. Players using their platforms to help other people. And, and I know just 
just want to send some love uh, to Stephen Pete uh, and his family. And I know there was been in the news and, um, you know, you can find out little bits here and there, but as you mentioned, his, his brother coach, you just send some love out to the Pete family for me. Yeah. And, and thanks. Uh, I've, you know, I've reached out to him a little bit and uh, I haven't heard back, but, you know, I know uh, myself, PJ, that, you know, there's, it's a very, very dark place and he's, uh, I don't know exactly what he's up to, but, you know, it's, you know, he was similar situations to, to me and, you know, he's had some outstanding charges and stuff. And at the end of the day, like, you know, he's a, he's a human being who's struggling um, he just needs some compassion and love. And I really pray like you do that he can find his way out of hell and maybe, uh, maybe he can see this. Maybe we can reach out to him and, and we can help him. But at the end of the day, um, there's, there's not too much uh, we can do. I know um, other than just be there and, and, and provide them with the right resources and support. And so that's what I'm, my focus is with the puck sport foundation is just being able to give these guys and girls outlets um, and sometimes maybe just reconnecting them with the hockey community can be a big thing because for me, that's what saved my life. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, just before I let you go, like, I'll tell you a quick story. And I haven't shared this with anybody. Not that it's a huge story, but, you know, Darren McCarty has become a, a, a very good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, like text me checking up on my daughter. And like when I went on the ice for the first time, he sends me a video message like, hey, kid, I'm proud of you. Like, this is another guy that I looked up to and idolized and, and he's had his struggles and and, and still does, you know, and, and he's open about it, but, and, and that's the biggest thing, but, you know, he, um, now I'm uh, losing my, my train of thought here. This is my, so many concussions. Yeah. But, uh, Darren McCarty has just been like unbelievable, uh, not only for me, but, uh, for others, like, you know, like there's been one case where a guy that was struggling that played junior, um, you know, t mentioned to me even before he knew I was talking to Darren McCarty because we got to talking and I was, I was like, man, that's my favorite player. So right away, you know, he gets on the phone, he calls him um, and, you know, hey, this is Darren McCarty. Like, you know, like, you know, if, you know, you're on the team now. Don't worry, like anything you need. Like that can go a long ways. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, you're, you're it's, right. It just Doesn't takes take guys much. up and Doesn't I forget what, yeah. what I was trying to tell was what I was trying to tell you, but um, it was it was a good story that uh, I hadn't uh, told anybody. But it's, uh, it'll well, come back to me, and we'll now. have to share you it on another it up episode. Now, because no one knows. <laughs> yes, well, that's just it. No I'm knows. trying to do better, PJ. <laughs> I'm to be an honest guy now. I'm trying to do lead man. I listen to this. Listen to this, though. This is a funny story. This. So the other night in the hospital, so I go. It's I my night but now actually we got the news i can go in every day now because my daughter's doing so much better when we're both there every day because of covid19 all the rules but anyway daughter's name again veda veda okay yeah veda from the movie my girl so anyways my then my girlfriend's locked out of the room but she's gonna have to wait so she can go get <laughs> you can go get a key we go get a key every other day anyways or every other time we come in the room so anyways i go to the bathroom in the hospital right i go to Sorry, the bathroom. taylor that's his decision <laughs> so I go into the bathroom in the hospital and whatever I come out and I press like one of the handicapped doors I press the button well isn't the laundry cart right there in front of me with bars right like jail so there I am like I can't get out and the nurses and the social worker and I'm like come on guys I thought we were past this right I thought it was over this far like, man were they laughing so hard right like oh it was you know, so we're having fun with it. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, listen, it's been a real honor, man, to have you on. And uh, I look awesome. forward to, to hopefully maybe one day 
uh, actually getting to meet you uh, if things ever calm down with COVID-19. And man, listen, I wish you all the best. I'm a huge supporter. Uh, I'll be continue watching uh, Stock Talk on Instagram if there's anything. Where can people find, find yourself? You're going to continue doing it on Instagram. Is that the plan? Uh, we're going to move to another platform uh, eventually, as you were telling me about your roadcaster before. <laughs> we're going there eventually. Uh, Nat Spooner on this week to talk about Battle of the Blades and women's uh, Olympic hockey. Um, so, yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Lily, thanks for being quiet during the during the <laughs> entire episode. We didn't hear her. But yeah. uh, congrats to you, the, the girlfriend and Veda. Thank so, you yeah, so much. And we uh, we truly appreciate it, man. And listen, I know your time is so valuable. And this has been a huge thrill and honor for me, man. I, there's no words. Thank you so much, PJ. Thanks, bud. Keep kicking ass. Ciao. All right, buddy. Holy shit. That was awesome. That was so awesome. Love that guy, man. Feels good to be back in the chair. I would be honest, guys. I was not feeling podcasting this past week. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. It's been a real struggle. Um, there was lots that I wanted to get to uh, that I didn't, as is often the case. I am so grateful uh, to have the opportunity um, to have <laughs> everything that I have from being Veda's dad being Taylor's boyfriend to being able to host this podcast and have people actually listen to it and, and care about what I'm doing and reach out and help us help my family. There's no words. Um, I wanted to play something for you guys. Um, I know that, you know, I, I've said that I don't want to go into to details right now about anybody that's helped us or anything. And uh, I'm not going to, um, because I wanted, I told you, I want to make the video. Um, and, uh, there have been so many people that helped us. Um, there've been multiple people that have sent us money and it makes me feel so weird. But if you guys didn't do that, I don't know how I would have survived. I would have been having to ask my dad and ask my dad and ask my dad. And he's already helped me enough in the past. And guess what? He's helped me since I've been here too. I don't have much. I don't have anything. Um, Material-wise, I have no money. Um, looking forward to getting back up to Morrisburg when I can to open the shop with Matt because um, that's a job. And uh, I really believe in what we're doing up there. Um, and Matt has been such a great friend. Uh, and uh, I feel that, you know, raising my family, uh, I want to be near guys like Matt Thompson um, uh, and uh, the people that are in, involved in that area with the hockey team and everything. It's, uh, it sucks. I don't know how we're going to do it moving away from Bracebridge and all that. It's going to be tough. Um, I know Taylor's family is really upset about it, but maybe it's not forever. Who knows? Um, lots of things to uh, uncover, a lot of stones. Uh, to turn over and, and to just find out what's next. But right now our focus is on 
on Veda. And thank you guys. Thank you so much. Because I feel like I'm not able to take care of my family right now. But I am because of you guys. Because I am doing what I'm doing and because I got my life together and I'm, well, I'm trying to get my life together. I'm clean, but you know, trying to, you know, put down some roots and get a job and provide for my family because I'm doing those things. So many wonderful people have stepped up and made this possible. So thank you. I, I love you. We love you. Taylor, thanks you. We're so, so, so grateful. And, you know, it's not all about, you know, people sending us money. Um, though, if people didn't, I seriously, we wouldn't have been able to eat. I would have been having to ask my dad who probably would have helped us, but I'm really trying to get away from that. I don't want to have to rely on anyone, certainly not on my dad like that anymore. He's had enough. And uh, I know this is a process and I know things are about to change for the better. And I know that I'm going to be on the other side, reaching out and helping people very, very soon. And uh, Taylor and I both look forward to doing that uh, when we're able to pay it forward um, in so many great ways. Uh, I just wanted to leave you guys um, with uh, a message that was left. Uh, on my voicemail, uh, I didn't see the call come in, and I very seldom do I check my voicemail. Um, and just so happened, said my voicemail was full, so you know, I get a lot of comments on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, those go a long ways. Like I said, it's not all about financial contributions; it's sometimes little words of encouragement um, that can go the long long ways so that it, they can go a long ways they can make a huge huge difference and uh i'll tell you what i was having a really really hard time the other day um i was crying and uh because you know we had no money and didn't really know what to do um uh, and people stepped up and helped us and I also checked my voicemail and you know, though this wasn't a financial contribution, this right here, um, this pushed me to keep on going. Um, cause this was the day that I did the letter to Veda that I got this and, uh, I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Um, and I heard this and it just reminded me that, you know, I just need to keep doing what I'm doing because what I'm doing is working. And uh, I need to stay on schedule with the podcast and everything. Um, because that's that's what's working. Before I leave you with this uh, little voicemail clip uh, from a new friend of mine, uh, I just want to please remind you guys to like and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit the little notification. If you're watching on Facebook, please head over to YouTube. Uh, and subscribe to my channel. And I only have like 100 subscribers right now. Who knows where it's going to go? Uh, but I want to try to have it all in one place, so just on YouTube. So if you enjoy watching, that's where you can find it. If you're listening, thank you. Um, reminder, I'm no longer with, I am no longer with the Hockey Podcast Network. So if you want to stop following 
um, that feed, which is the one with my face with the cartoon, uh, that one is no longer going to be updated and it doesn't even have the first 10 episodes. So I apologize that it's still there. However, the Hockey Podcast Network has decided that they're going to keep it up um, for whatever reason. So please uh, just remember that when you're looking for my podcast, you look for this logo um, up in the top right corner. Look for that logo and you know you're in the right spot. You can visit my website, hockeytoheroin.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at hockeytoheroin and the podcast on Instagram at hockeytoheroinpodcast. If you don't want to follow me, follow the Puck Support Foundation guys at Puck Support and at Puck Support Warriors. Dave Gilmore, Josh Gratton, Darren McCarty, Riley Cote, Sandra Murray, James McEwen, Rob Frid, Ashley Langdon, Dodie Wood, Paul Rosen, Matt Climey, my boy Ryan Phillips, one of the newest members, and one guy I feared in the Western Hockey League, Miles Says. And Wacy Rabbit. How about my old line mate, Longer, Colin Long? How about this puck support warrior, Todd Holt, my buddy? Love you, buddy. I'm uh, one of the newest members to Torn White. Happy to have him on board. And of course, my bud out there in BC, Justin Bryan. Um, there's a few others um, that I haven't uh, added on there. Uh, so I apologize. Uh, but I'm also excited to announce that we have our very first child puck support warrior. Can you guess who it is? It's not one of my kids, um, but it's somebody uh, that sure does mean a whole lot to me. Uh, the whole family does. So look forward to naming that soon. And we actually, I have it lined up for a couple more down the line as well. Uh, so we actually have our first like five kid ambassadors, but we're going to name the first puck support warrior probably tomorrow, uh, maybe, or on the next podcast. Uh, I'd love to hear who you think it is. Um, I'd love to hear who you think it is. Uh, leave a comment on my Facebook page or on the YouTube channel. Who do you think the first kid puck support warrior is? Hmm. Hmm. I may have talked about him in this podcast, just saying. Anyways, guys, I'm going to leave you with the clip. Please follow the Puck Support Foundation, guys, at Puck Support, at Puck Support Warriors, PuckSupport.com. Support Dave Gilmore up in Kingston. Are you kidding me? 70 years old. He's going to travel 70 kilometers on November 14th. Let's support him, guys. Go to GoFundMe. He's got the GoFundMe page going. The goal is 2500 Seriously, we're going to need $25 million to make a difference, but we're going to get this thing incorporated off the ground. I know I've been talking about it, uh, but it is happening. Things are in the works. Um, we're, we're here and we're here to stay. There's there's a rush, but there's, real no ru there's not really a rush that much because we're already helping so many people, and I know things are going to happen exactly the way they are supposed to, guys. I'm going to leave you with uh, a very special voicemail I got, um, and if you want to give me a call, um, you can reach me. I'll leave you my phone number 
uh, you can email me, brady at pucksupport.com. Uh, guys, and if you're struggling, please remember you can reach out to our Executive Director of Mental Health and Addiction Services, Sandra Murray. Are you part of the beautiful hockey community? Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you know somebody who's struggling. If you need somebody to talk to, we're here. Uh, the 1-800 number should be up uh, by the end of November. I know I wish it was up months ago, but we're getting there. Uh, guys, I just want to make sure everything's done the right way. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you to PJ Stock. What a guy. What a what an episode. I love it. I love doing this. Um, this has been a really, really challenging week. Uh, and you guys have all made it so much better. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. If you're struggling, please reach out. If not to me, to somebody else. Remember, guys, change your attitude, change your perspective, and remember, have a great day, if you so choose. Hey, Brady, this is Earl here in Oregon, and um, number one, congratulations to you and Taylor on Baby Zeta. Um, I've got friends of mine out here in the West, we're excited about it, and, uh, and you are qualified to talk about all this crap. I've been around people with your addiction and you are more than well enough qualified. So I think you've turned things around so much this year and you are a shining example to everyone who's struggling out there. So keep it up, man. I'm praying and pulling for you. Bye.